Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Monday morning, December 11th, 2023. We are starting off your day at 20 degrees. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Going to be another above average week temperature wise. And so we'll settle into that looking at uh, maybe 50 today. I uh, might hit 50 multiple days this week as well as uh, we continue to roll on with the December that uh, that felt like September. Uh, or maybe October. I'm not sure what it is exactly, but we continue continue on with just the an warmer, earlier month, warmer than earlier month, exactly <laughs> warmer than usual weather. Got a good show for you today on a Monday. We will have a keyword if you want to get on the Christmas lights bus. Week from tomorrow, we launch the bus that'll be going around looking at the best Christmas lights in Lincoln, Nebraska. But to get on it, you've got to win a pair of tickets, and you do that in a couple of ways, one of which is listening for the keyword every day on the show. We'll be doing five more of them once every day this week. You can also go to KLIN.com for another chance to win. Take a look at that. So we'll be doing that. I can't tell you when, but we will be doing that sometime during the course of the show today. Also, guests today include the regular Tim Hruse is going to join us. Mike Schaefer is going to join us. Have Tim obviously talk Nebraska news and politics with us. We'll have Mike Schaefer hopefully give us the very latest on a pair of Ohio State players thinking about coming to Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Maybe find out a bit more about what Mike knows about that. That'll come up at 835. Well, since Ted Carter entered the transfer portal. That's true. These were our players to be named later. I didn't even think of it that way, but that's a good point, Mark. (laughs) I I guess it doesn't quite feel as bad now anymore. (laughs) If that actually is the is the uh, trade that was going to come out of of that whole situation. So uh, we'll talk to those guys about that. And then then a Christmas tradition uh, that has been a stalwart on this show for years and years and years and years, and that there have been people, I, I believe, throughout the community who have been concerned that we'd forgotten about it, that it was not going to happen. Uh, no, we were just looking for the right time, and it did not happen during Request Line Friday on Friday. That was for you, okay? But what I need to say is at seven ten, you might want to you might want to put the pets away, okay? Not put them down, just put no, them. Put, put them just oh, maybe in a different room, or get your earbuds out. Perhaps that might be a good way. There you go. Good way to enjoy the show for just that segment today. Put the pets away. Send the kids outside. And if if you're someone, unless, unless they've been naughty, then park them right in front of the radio. <laughs> just have them hang out with yeah, you. Yeah. And then and, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, please just listen. Please, please just listen. It's a story. It is a story, and it's just a it. It's really just a Christmas tradition that I think everyone everyone really finds very meaningful here as a listener to LNK today with Jack and friends. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not Mark so much, but I know the rest of you do because you tell me. Uh we call it we call it Silent Night Fail. And we'll tell you the whole story about it coming up at seven ten. Uh just to get you updated if you're not familiar with it. So be ready for that. That'll be at seven ten here this morning. Uh all right, Mark, let's get people aware of the headlines making news this Monday morning, what are we working on? 
Well, quiet weekend uh, in Lincoln. Had the uh, lighting of the Christmas tree at the Capitol Rotunda yesterday with the first family. And the big party that went along with it, yeah, evidently. Over, over at the mansion, I believe it was. Governor so. Pillen, the first lady, did a lot of work. At, I think I think the governor kind of stayed out of the I, major planning of, of, of this. And I'm so, sure he did. But what I, I did read was that he, they are... The Pillins were the first. I'm trying to find the article that actually met, mentioned this. Um, the the governor and first lady welcomed. Channel Eight said this. The community, their residents, something that has not happened under any other governor. They, I, I assume they mean the I mean, mansion. I, yeah, yeah. I assume they mean inviting the public to come into the mansion. I assume governors have had someone come over at oh, some yeah. point. Yes. No, nobody has <laughs> ever been allowed in. Ever. I, I know that's not true because I've been inside of, I've been inside of the governor. Actually, clearly uh, illegally because you were not invited. I don't know if that's actually true because I know when I was in high school or middle school, uh, we uh, I was in a music uh, like a vocal group and we performed there. And if there weren't the public wasn't invited, I'm not sure exactly who we were performing for at the time if we went there. But I I, I, I know this, we performed there. I think this was the first time that the, the Christmas type of thing where they had the Christmas tree lighting and then opened the mansion okay. for the public. I think they had cookies the, and that stuff. Yeah, I think so. I was just I just was surprised to see that that hadn't really happened before. Yep. But I didn't make I it. Did. I was I was there. I didn't make it. I was watching the Chiefs get hosed by the refs. Uh <laughs> yeah, I was and I didn't Wait, Was I, your language language kinder than Patrick Mahomes from what we could lip read? <laughs> I uh, no. See, I gotta be honest. I barely. I don't. I. I don't even know what you guys are talking about because I was at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Um, wow. Uh, enjoying putting the cap on what was a wildly successful sports weekend for Nebraska sports for the first time that we can say that all in all for like a month and a half. And so, what? What a what a day to come in and not be. Have, trying to build my emotional spirits back up on a Monday morning, but instead flying high. Well, there were a lot of Swifties uh, that were flying high yesterday when Tony Romo mentioned uh, the uh, Travis Kelsey's wife being in the stadium. He said, "Well, he called yeah. his wife." Yeah, yeah. So, so they're they're going through. They're showing showing a play, I believe it was. Then they panned to Taylor Swift. He goes, "Oh, and there's Kelsey's wife." And <laughs> whoops. Is that a Freudian slip or just a? Uh, well, everyone you... was thinking uh, Romo spilled the news. Like he, he spoiled everything, spoiled all the announcements. And if we did not get to, ha- I mean, this was uh, this would have been our you know Prince William. Oh, you Mar- want to see Mary a royal situation. wedding? Yeah, that would that would don't take that away from us. Come on, <laughs> better not elope. Give no us way. the royal wedding. But did you uh, see last week that she was named Times Person of the Year? I did see that. And her heiress tour, over a billion dollars. It's crazy. And it's still going. They're getting back at it next year. So she's going to keep and, going. And, and uh, I think the, the movie was the highest grossing concert movie ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I saw it. They're just dollars, <laughs> I, dollars, I helped, dollars. I helped a little bit of that situation with the grossing. As Jack likes to say, cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. <laughs> You're not even pulling the handle when you do that. No, I don't know why. I, I'm not exactly sure. I act like I look like I'm playing a slot machine when I do. Yeah, what you do, do now the, is the, the, you, hit, you hit a button. That's not. They're not. Yeah, you it's not go, that they're gambling. That's how. That's how that works. Not that um, it looks any different on radio. Uh, but let's not let's not bury the lead here. Nebraska volleyball on to the final four. Yes, and they uh, they got it done on. 
Uh, well, both on. We talked about them getting it done on Thursday, I guess, because we were here on Friday to talk about it. But then Saturday against Arkansas, they make us all nervous in the first set, guys. <laughs> and you're like, oh boy, oh no, they're gonna have to, you know, they're gonna have to regroup. I wouldn't say I was like overly nervous, but I was just. I was like, well, they're going to have to do the comeback thing again. And then it looked, then they came back and they won that set. And I'm like, this thing is, Arkansas is never going to be able to sort of recover from the emotional impact of not winning that set. And lo and behold, then they get what? Set number three. They get Nebraska's got to got to put them away in four here mm-hmm. instead of instead of the sweep. And so Nebraska drops his first set of the tournament so far in Arkansas. Credit to Arkansas. They came. They came, especially in that first set. They didn't end up winning, but especially in that first set, man, they came with it. I was impressed. But I thought Nebraska was going to go in there, and I honestly thought they were kind of going to steamroll them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Arkansas maybe. You know, you come off a, a big upset. I don't know if it wasn't that big of an upset by oh, seed. But, no, that, no, that was that was a big was upset a pre- for Arkansas like, to beat Kentucky. Yeah, like it felt that. like a pretty big upset. They had lost to him twice already this year uh, to get that win, and I thought, you know what, they might be a little bit emotionally spent after that whole thing. But they come out came out guns a blazing in that that first set against Nebraska. And Nebraska had to really had to come back at the end. So. Um, you know, all said and done, Nebraska is gets gets to the final four, dropping only one set. I think they played in stretches, Caleb. I would say in stretches. I wouldn't say the whole time, but in stretches, the way that looks like when they've looked the very best this season. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they put it together for. They got close to putting it together for that entire Georgia Tech match. I thought, but I think they're they're kind of getting close, and that's one thing John Cook has always been a wizard at is finding out how to get this team to peak late in the season at the exact right time. And they look like they've got a shot at doing that here as they get to the Final Four. Well, and if you look at what are outside of their, their tournament wins, obviously, because those those just take it to a whole an, an extra level. But on the regular season, go back to the Wisconsin match, that second set. Could not do anything against the block. Mm-hmm. You go to the Penn State match, Really couldn't do anything the first two sets. They find a way to put things together when they need to. And they're, and that includes long stretches of the first set on Saturday to get all the way down 21-16. Then you run off a 10-3 to run to win 26-24. Yeah. Like they're, they're, there's just something about this team and, and when, the, when the stakes are higher, they're playing at their best. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not it's not perfect all the time. They're going to get out of system a lot, but man, so many times that you'll just see Laney Choboy just throwing up and stabbing the ball off the back line. It look from the pictures, it looks like she's serving it mm-hmm. because it's just an overhand swing or Harper Murray back setting a, a, a pass that just got pancaked. It goes all the way across the net and then it's it's killed because it's a perfect pass down the net. Like there are so many things that this team does well. In the special moments, right? Or Becca Alec coming up with just tons of blocks. What? Well, and yeah. not just blocks. I saw her diving. On, I was like, yeah. "You middle blocker is probably not supposed to be the one diving towards the net, but it yep. works." So uh, I have put out the call. I, I'm starting to think it's not going to be heated, but I am out asking if Redway wants to come back for one special appearance to uh, offer everyone fifty nine dollars flights to Tampa. Let us all say Once goodbye, again, Redway. Maybe a fun. It'd just be right by everyone, would it not? Just one week, flight after flight, get get a few planes, maybe from about starting about Tuesday night up until Thursday morning. Let's just do one one plane 
Tampa and back, right? The entire time. 59 bucks a shot. Can we agree on I don't, that? I, I don't think feel that sounds like, fair. I don't feel like we got to properly say goodbye. I don't either. So This is part of the grieving process. Help I mean, us out. you got to have a little extra money, right? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you've got to have a little. <laughs> you have, you got your refunds now, so go ahead. Let's, come on. Come on, Redway. One more time. For old time's sake. <laughs> 59 bucks. Let us go to Tampa because that sounds, man, that sounds like a fun place to be right now. And hopefully you've got a lot of Husker. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you'll have a, a bunch of Husker fans that make their way there. Um, I took a look at some of the prices to get down there. It's, uh, driving would be the affordable way to do it. <laughs> let's, let's just say that. Driving. Leave this afternoon. Or I think there was somebody said, check check about driving to Kansas City and flying from there. That might have been. I had I didn't actually check that. but well, I know Southwest has a nonstop out of Kansas City. Or, I bet that's what it was. So. I, somebody, had, somebody had messaged me, and I didn't even look at it because I knew it wasn't really going to happen. But... Tampa's and I like I like Tampa. I like Tampa. I've been there a couple of times. I'm a big any, fan of Tampa. Any idea how much tickets are going for? That's a great question. Uh, because it might, you know, the fifty nine dollar fare, you still might not have enough money. That's a that's <laughs> that's a good point. I'm going to look that up uh, right now on the by the way the they, secondary. They market, play at, at what least. five on Thursday? Yes, six or six o'clock yeah, on six Thursday. Right. Six, but yeah, pre pregame pre- pre- will start here at five o'clock. And it's so it's a little it's a little different because. The semifinal will happen Thursday. Mm-hmm. Then you'll have two days off. Yes. Which, if you go to Tampa, more time to yeah, you know, enjoy visit, the weekend. Visit Bush Gardens or whatever, and then uh, and then they'll play Sunday. If they would win, they would put the the national championship would be on Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon, yeah. So that's yeah. I believe on. It's not on ABC, is it? Uh, yeah, I yeah, it's on yeah, ABC. It that, that's the final. Yeah, yeah so that's, the final. So that's the big change is that they're moving it from Saturday night to Sunday during the day with the idea that you'll get a bigger audience. That's what they did with women's basketball last year, too. They yeah, and ABC it. doesn't have any uh, pro football on Sunday afternoon. No, so, ABC's, yeah. So, you know, there's <laughs> the NFL well, viewership's going to be down. Right, right. And so they're going to try and give it a bigger audience. And, and, but here's here's the thing. They had huge success with that with women's basketball when they put Iowa and LSU on last year. Caitlin Clark, obviously, they had a lot of star power in that game all over the place. But one difference is, Mark, you weren't going up against NFL football because that would have been in, what, April to be able to do that. So that was one advantage that they had with this whole thing. So... I don't know. I can't get the I can't get the uh, like StubHub to pull up right now. That's weird. Well, people were um, probably trying to buy tickets. Shut it. Oh, now I got it. I'll I'll uh, I'll take a look at that. By the way, did you hear yesterday afternoon? Your uh, South Central Nebraska Caleb was uh, doing a little shaking. Oh, yeah. really? I saw, yes. Yeah. Where where was this? Is a uh, guide a, rock. earthquake? Where was it at? Guide exactly? Rock. Uh, Four point two. Is Guide Rock a town or what? Like yes, Guide Rock. Ro- that's where my great grandfather grew up. Okay, it sounded uh, that's like south it was of the... Hastings, mm-hmm. and uh, they felt it even in Hastings. Thanks. Red Cloud area. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Red Cloud is Willa Cather fame. Yeah, just helping you out. No, here. I got. I'm looking at. I forgot. Two hundred fifteen dollars to get in the door. At Tampa right now. This is for a two day pass. So this would be all the games. So that's not bad. I mean not I guess if you if you divide that up between three games, that's not yeah. that's not terrible. But yeah, that would be that would be up in the three hundred. Is there level. a consolation game? No. No. 
No, there used to be, didn't there? Uh, Not that I'm aware. There used of. to be in, in uh, men's in in basketball, in I think, basketball. for that same yeah. thing. So I don't, I don't know exactly. So yeah, you're paying. If you're paying, if you're paying, trying to get two people in, you're probably paying about seven hundred bucks, probably to get to get your tickets. So about what it's going to cost to. It might cost uh, more to get your tickets than to ride there, to be honest. Or I can get a sweet, sweet television. That's also true. You can get a couple of them for that much. (laughs) (laughs) All right, it's 626. Check sports coming up next. You are listening to Lincoln's News and Talk 1499.3 KLIA. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, welcome back. Glad to have you with us this December 11th, 2023 at 636. Right now in the capital city, we are starting off your day at 20, just went down a little bit, down to 21 degrees, though, looking uh, looking pretty good. Low wind, sunny skies, back into the 50s today. Uh, all right, coming up, coming up about half hour from right now, a little bit more than that, just around 710, uh, we are going to... Uh, we are going to do our part, do our our yearly tradition to make sure that you have had a chance to relive my 1989 church Christmas program. Uh, it's the it is a, a tradition that must happen every year here on LNK today with Jack and friends. You disappointed several texters that wanted this played on Friday. They yes. felt it it fit the criteria. I, it did. Prob- it probably. It, it probably did. Very I, Isaiah Thomas. I fit I just, the criteria to be selected. I didn't want my song to overtake the time that we allotted for other people to have their songs play. So <laughs> that's why we made the decision. If it, if it makes you feel better, you can think of it as an extension of what of the Friday edition of Request on Friday. But, Caleb, I'm glad you brought that up because it does give us an opportunity to tell people that this week on Request Line Friday, we are staying with the holiday slash Christmas theme. We are uh, we're kind of doing. I guess maybe it would be the opposite of what we did last week. Last week we did Christmas songs that you love to hate, which in in part that kind of includes this idea of the of Christmas songs that are way overplayed. Um, Might be the reason that you hate it. Instead, we're going the other direction. We are asking you, uh, what Christmas song do you think is underrated, underplayed, maybe a more of a deep cut that deserves more attention. Underrated, underplayed, right. so, deep cut. So Christmas. we're not. I mean, we're not looking for 
the 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 usual suspects in this. We're not looking, you know, like them or not. We're not looking for uh, Darlie Love rocking around the Christmas tree. We're not looking for Mariah Carey. We're not looking for Josh Groban. Oh, holy night! We're not looking for the Mannheim Steamroller. Um, dee, 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 dee. We're not looking for any of not looking for any of that because I would I would submit that those songs that I mentioned are are most definitely not. O- Underplayed, I would think they're kind of the submission. The submissions that we have already are phenomenal. Have they? Do they meet the what? What you would consider the criteria of they not do. of of underplayed, underrated, deep cut? They do. They they are. Cool. I'm excited. They're really good submissions already from Marsha and other Phil and Brent. Cool. I've good got, job, guys. I've got three ideas for. I'm trying to narrow down. I got three songs that I kind of want to do, and maybe I'll take the list and see if anybody takes the ones that I have before I decide. But that will be. I think that'll be a lot of fun on Friday for Request Line Friday. So get you back in the holiday spirit. All right. We got Tom's talk here coming up in about 10 minutes, but we do have some time to get into the sound off a little bit and the things that are going on with that. So uh, we will do that here in just a second. Also, don't forget, a little bit later in the show, Tim Haruza will join us to talk Nebraska news and politics. Uh, We also have Mike Schaefer, who... I think he's got a decent. I think he's got a decent idea of what's going on with the Nebraska quarterback transfer situation, and uh, is Nebraska really potentially going to get a couple of guys from Ohio State? Uh, I think Mike Mike has some idea Would on be what's nice. happening with that. So we will get into that with him. That'll be at eight thirty this morning. All right, uh, pressure is mounting, Caleb, on several college presidents. Who, especially those who went and testified in Washington D.C. last week about speech on campus uh, about the Israeli-Palestinian Hamas situation, um, and there were a handful of them that basically did not, basically would not critique. Well, you know what happened here at this point. I'm not going to try and characterize it one way, one way or the other. They got into hot, some hot water with some people because of what they said. Um, about about protesters and their right to say what they were saying on their campuses. It's had some ramifications already for a couple uh, at one university in particular, and there may be some more coming as well. The Boston Globe is reporting hundreds of Harvard faculty members have signed a letter in support of President Claudine Gay amid bipartisan calls for her to step down after last week's Capitol Hill hearing on anti-Semitism. The spotlight turns to President Claudine Gay and the president of MIT after two high-profile exits from the University of Pennsylvania. Amid increasing pressure from deep-pocketed donors and widespread public outrage, Penn says President Liz McGill's resignation was voluntary. The chairman of the board at Penn, Scott Bach, also stepping down. Now, McGill will continue to serve as the university's leader until an interim is named and remain a tenured faculty member in the law school. So there you go. Um, Penn, the head's actually rolled at Penn after after that. We'll see about Harvard and uh, MIT with that as well. But some quick ramifications for that. And, I mean... <laughs> For for as prepared, you know, we've interviewed a lot of high-ranking officials over the years, whether university presidents or anywhere anywhere else. People have obviously accomplished a lot, and they're usually here's the thing, Caleb. They're like usually so carefully manicured in terms of talking points and 
what they're going to say and what they should and shouldn't say. Mm-hmm. And you've got somebody who's a lawyer in this case. And like, I listened to, to what she said, what, you know, what they all said, but including the, the pen president. And I'm like, man, that was your answer. <laughs> like, r- really? That was what you could come up with. And even not, I mean, and, and, and at least there wasn't a better way that you could at least try and try and um, kind of convey the sort of feeling that you were going in without making it sound so bad in the moment. I don't know. I was surprised at, at how poorly they chose their words in, in that whole situation. And as we were saying, uh, some ramifications there. We'll see if there's going to be some ramifications going forward as well. Uh, then there's this in, in politics here this morning. So Liz Cheney is going on a, uh, a tour with the book that she wrote. And obviously she's a very polarizing figure now for obvious reasons. Uh, some people like her, some people can't stand her at this point. Um, but she continues to not really put out the fire when it comes to her being asked if she's going to run for president, which is. <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't really figure that out, but let's hear a little bit more about this. The former Wyoming congresswoman on ABC's This Week was asked if a bid for the White House is in her future, perhaps with a third party. Her answer? I haven't ruled anything out. I really am going to take the next couple of months and, and look at uh, what is going to be the most effective path to ensure the defeat of Donald Trump. Cheney says that work may even include building what she called a new conservative party as an option for Republicans. Gernal Scott, Fox News. Okay, well, those are two different things. Um, one is running for president this year, and one is building up this new entity. Mm-hmm. I, I, am I wrong? Do you think? Do people think I have the wrong read on this, that if she would run, that would, by and large, help Donald Trump and hurt Joe Biden if she ran, if they were one-on-one? Because my perception is most of the people who would vote for her are people who are you know whether they're whether they're conservative or or left leaning based on their extra policies is they're voting for her because they they want to do anything they can not to have Trump in office and so they would have voted for Biden in that situation anyway mm-hmm. like i don't I, I i don't maybe i'm wrong but like i don't see a lot of republicans who are currently voting for Trump and then they say her her name on the ballot and they're like oh okay well that's a better option for me, that person seems few and far between in this country right now. Yeah, especially, especially I, if she were trying to to try to get on this ticket in as a as a third party, and if it is Biden and Trump going head to head, because the the way things shook out, if I remember correctly, in twenty twenty, Biden needed a, a lot of help from undecideds and some of those independents, and if she jumps in, you're pulling. From the anti-Trump, which is going to be a large portion of Biden's base already, and it's going to be some of those undecideds. Right. Like the 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 Trump faction is so solid that all you have to do is have the other side lose a few votes. Right. And, and I know she's you know technically a Republican. I mean, it's kind of like RFK Jr., who previously was technically a Democrat, and then he would he ran in a third party. And my reaction was just the opposite for that one. It was. I think him getting in as an independent hurts Trump more than it hurts Biden. I think the the people who would change to him off of one of the main candidates would be 
Trump voters more likely than Biden voters. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's just it's just I guess it's based on my own perceptions of wh- why people are in the camp that they're in right now with these candidates. So we'll see. I, I would be I honestly would be shocked if she ran. I I don't think that's really happening. Also, it's just getting. Some of these things are just getting kind of late, too, right? To to do some of this stuff. Yeah, as you're well. you're already not able to get on the primary ballot for in some of the places for several yeah. places. Yeah. All right. Other things that we've got going on here. This is uh, this is good news if you've got a bigger dog, um, Caleb. You might want to listen to this one. Uh, evidently, some medical breakthroughs, uh, especially for dogs that are bigger, i.e., over forty pounds, that could extend their lives pretty significantly. That word from San Francisco biotech company Loyal Pharmaceuticals saying its LOY-001 has cleared early hurdles with the Food and Drug Administration. That means test results so far show the drug's potential to slow down age-related processes for dogs that are 40 pounds or more. There are currently no FDA-approved or conditionally approved animal drugs for that purpose. Loyal says the drug works by interacting with a hormone called IGF-1 that usually accelerates the aging process in dogs. Dogs that could help 25 million large breed dogs in the U.S. alone. Paul Stevens, Fox News. All right, so that that's um, that's interesting. Most um, it, it it depends on obviously on the kind of kind of dog you have, but usually the ones Caleb that have the the longest lifespans are the smaller ones. I think Chihuahua has one of the longest lifespans, like up to 17 years mm-hmm. uh, sometimes, and then the the bigger ones obviously have some different health issues that go along with that, that. so that could be could be something that could keep bull Fido with you for a little bit longer. And we'll we'll take it. That'd be nice. Um, yeah, it's interesting looking at this, like uh, I just pulled up lifespans of dogs by, by breed, uh, like um, German Shepherd, 9 to 13 years, uh, Australian Shepherd, 12 to 13 years. Miniature Poodle, 13 to 15 years. Again, smaller. Uh, smaller one seems to have longer. Havanese, 14 to 16 years. Bulldog, American Bulldog, 10, 10 to 15 years. So it, it varies a few years either way. But like Jack Russell Terrier, smaller, 13 to 16. Mm-hmm. 13 to 16 years as well. So, uh, so I don't know. I wasn't aware this was on this uh, option was on my phone, but we are uh, hearing more about AI voices of ourselves and perhaps loved ones who have passed on okay. being a more normal thing in, in our lives in the future. Did you know that evidently you have this option on your phone to create your AI voice? Let's see what it let's see wow. what it Evan Brown from uh, Fox News Radio was kind of screwing around with a little bit. You can see just how good it is or is not, I guess. Apple's personal voice is designed to help people who might be losing their voice due to a medical condition. You can find it under accessibility settings. You record your samples as per the instructions and then it gets to work. The voice it creates has a near match in tone and timbre, and I even think I hear it mimicking my pacing and my syllabic stress. All the things that help to make my voice distinctly mine, but its ability to inflect for the purpose of emphasis or emotion is limited, and sometimes non-existent. Many times the sentences follow a very similar rhythm. Which is how you can tell it's generated by a machine and surely isn't human. Evan Brown, Fox News. I don't know. I mean, I wasn't that bad. No, no. If, if, you, did not, if you did not tell me the context of that clip, I don't know. 
I would have just thought it was okay. Maybe, maybe got it into some, a little some weird, bad editing. Yeah, a little weird, a little weird recording, but that's not that's not far from being pretty good. No, dude, guys, that that's getting pretty close. Yeah. So apparently, you can try that in your accessibility setting. Maybe we can. Maybe we'll give it a try and see how it works for us. Get ready for the next see. sportscast. See now. Prob- Sometimes it, it's got to do with how much <laughs> sample you've got in when when people are gone. How much sample you've got of their voice. I've got like hours and hours and hours and hours of samples of my voice. And, I, I, don't voice I don't think there's I don't think there's enough of us out there. So <laughs> maybe ours will be better for that reason. All right, it's six fifty, twenty one degrees in the capital city. It's time for Tom's talk. So we'll break for that right now on Lincoln's News to Talk fourteen hundred and ninety nine three K L I N. It's time for Tom's Talk on 1499.3 KLIN. There's a new report this week by the AAA Foundation for Traffic Safety that highlights a variety of risky driving behaviors. The most common are speeding, distracted, and aggressive driving. Six driver profiles were developed in this report based on patterns of self-reported risky driving behaviors among a large group of drivers. Now, this week, Brian Ortner with AAA Nebraska joins me to take a look at the findings of the survey. He tells me one of the six categories is actually safe drivers. About four in ten responded that they don't engage in any risky driving-related behaviors. And that's a pretty low number, four in ten. And I think we can all find a point where we've engage in one of these behaviors before so it's kind of hard to be a safe driver all the time i think through the nature of it but we being being aware is so important now ortner says two of the other five categories focused on speeding and dangerous drivers about 22.7 percent said that they are speeding drivers of the most dangerous drivers it's a small percentage of those drivers, but they pose a serious risk to themselves and other road users as they reported engaging in all the risky driving behaviors. That's about 2.4% of drivers recognize themselves as some of the most dangerous out there. Ortner says Leadfoot drivers surveyed reported that they've driven 15 miles an hour over the speed limit on freeways and at least 10 miles over on residential streets. He tells me, Stepping on the gas really doesn't save much time. It would take an individual driving 100 miles at 80 miles per hour rather than 75 miles per hour just to save five minutes off a trip. So is that worth it? I don't know. I mean, five miles per hour faster to save five minutes. It may feel like it's saving you time, but it's really not affecting you that much. Another category of concern in this report is distracted and aggressive drivers. Ortner says 17.3% of those drivers surveyed reported engaging and those behaviors. Texting while driving, red light running, switching lanes quickly, even a hands-free device is considered distracted driving. And, and I guess the advice would be, you know, if a phone call or a text is that important, pull off to the side of the road and address that item. I think it's more important to arrive at your destination safely than answer a text that could distract you from something on the roadway. He says more than a quarter of those surveyed said they have sent a text or email while driving. 37% says they read text messages or emailed while behind the wheel. Now, the survey also asked drivers about their perceived level of danger from those various driving behaviors, and the majority agreed that unsafe driving behaviors are very or extremely dangerous, and yet many admitted to engaging in those behaviors at least once in the previous 30 days. Ortner tells me, 
there may actually be a silver lining to this. The survey shows that people are recognizing they're doing these behaviors, that they're speeding, that they're driving aggressively, that they're driving impaired. The next step would be to act and make a change for those behaviors, and that would help with the safety on our roads. As we head into the holiday season, Ordner says now's the time to work on breaking any bad habits you may have. One of the best gifts you can give this time of year is making sure everyone stays safe. Plan your trip, especially as we move into winter driving months when we don't know the the condition of the roadways. Take a minute, get focused before you hit the road. Plan your route if you're going somewhere far, if you're making multiple trips, and be aware of everything around you, especially as the winter months come in and weather could be changing on a daily or hourly basis, as we've seen in the winter months. Any type of distraction while driving is dangerous, and experts say if you can't devote 100% towards driving, then you don't need to be on the road, but Ordner admits that's easier said than done. I can't sit here and say I'm the perfect driver because I know I've done things, you know, whether talking to a passenger or turning up the radio or something. It's something that we've all probably done, but recognizing those dangerous behaviors of, of speeding or driving impaired, recognizing it as step one, making that change to not do those behaviors in the future is step two. And that will that will increase traffic safety for all of us. The 2022 report surveyed 2,500 U.S. licensed drivers ages 16 or older who completed the online survey and reported having driven at least once in the 30 days prior to the survey. Hear Tom's talk Saturdays at noon and Mondays at 6.55 or listen to the podcast anytime at KLIN.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Hi, 709, 20 degrees in the capital city. Monday morning, December 11, 2023. We're going to lay out the five things we think you're going to be talking about today, 25 minutes from right now. Tim Hruza, Mike Schaefer, join us during the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, we, are about to, uh, we are about to do the thing that is required that we do every <laughs> Christmas season. It's a tradition. Can't be missed. But first, before we do that, 
We're going to give you a keyword right now if you want to get on our Christmas lights tour bus. Two weeks, or excuse me, one week from tomorrow now. It's getting Oof, closer. Eight days. One week from tomorrow on the 19th, uh, the evening of the 19th, we're going to get started at about 5.30, and we are going to uh, we're going to talk about the route on the show this Wednesday. We're going to have Philip Wagner from Phillips Lincoln Lights joining us. He is helping us put together, perfectly curate the best route possible uh, for the amount of time that we have and the location and the fact that we're in a bus. So he's going to work with us, but we're going to talk to him about that on the show at 8.10 on Wednesday. But he's kind of, his great lights mind is powering this whole thing. And so I think our level of efficiency with seeing great lights per mile driven is going to be fantastic. Lights so, per mile. Yeah. So, but to get on it, you can't you can't buy your way on. It doesn't cost anything. You have to, but we do have a very limited amount of seats. And so we are giving people an opportunity to win their way on one way you can do is go to klin.com follow the details they'll there we'll pick some people there or you can listen uh to double your chances every single day and we'll give you a keyword every single day the rest of this week that you can text in and be involved in drawing for uh tickets to go on there so let's do one right now text in to 402-479-1400 the following keyword fail f-a-i-l fail text that in and uh, we'll pick one of you. And if you don't get it, we'll try it again Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Four more days. Four more days of pairs will be given away. Uh, it might be any time. That keyword can come any time on the show right away at 6 o'clock, right at the end, just before 9 o'clock. So be sure you're listening the entire time to make sure and catch this. Now, we've had a lot of, uh, lot of concern. We had forgotten about what we are about to do next. We did not forget. I'm always reminded plenty, and so I don't know that I will ever forget this as long as I am on the air during the Christmas season. Um, but one, uh, what, 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 let's see, how, where to start the backstory on this whole thing? When I was a young whippersnapper going to Holmes Elementary School, I, I, by the way, I, I, I claim myself as an alum of both Holmes Elementary School and Morley Elementary School because I spent time at both because my family moved uh, different places within the city when we when we first lived here. Wow, but, how transfer portally of you. Very, very, I entered the transfer <laughs> portal for sixth grade. I was like a grad transfer for elementary school. <laughs> and then and the, the funny thing is I went to two elementary schools in three years, and then I went to one school for what six years five seven through twelve was all at east when they they did it that way uh but when i was at Holmes, i started playing the trumpet that was the instrument that i that i picked and when i was 12 i believe it's 1989 so i would have been 12 years old our church did this thing and i think a lot of churches probably do this where you have like the the sunday school christmas program and for us it was always on a sunday night Right on on a regular church day, it was always on a Sunday night. It was about this time of year, so it very easily could have been the equivalent of last night when it actually happened. And so, if you you do the math, this would have mm-hmm. would have been had had that been the date. Actually, the date's probably on the video, but had the this been the date, that could have been what uh, twenty three thirty. 34 years ago? 34 years ago. Gee, many Christmas I'm getting old. 1989. 89. This video is older than me. The vi- so you were not born when this happened. I was not born 
until 11 months after this oh video my gosh. was done. Not even just just starting to be a <laughs> twinkle in your parents' eye at this point a few months later. Anyhow, um, sorry. <laughs> sorry for that. Anyhow, wow, this, is really, this is making you feel a little bit older. Yeah, right it now. definitely yeah. is. It definitely is. But what we did, and I think a lot of churches, especially during this era, did 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 it like this. The Sunday night Christmas program. And the main event of the Christmas program was always like a like a play, right? That you the kids were all involved in, or a, you know maybe at the more musically advanced churches, even a musical where there would be drama and music, and the choir, the, the kids' choir would be singing. But the way that our church always and I my my dad was the pastor at this church. It's Caleb. This is all happened like blocks from where we are right now, mm-hmm. over on. Um, what is it? What was it? Forty second and J Street was the okay. church. Uh, yeah, it's now a, it's now a. I believe it's a. I don't know if it's Catholic. It's a Spanish, uh, Spanish speaking church now. Oh, but I've been it was, by there. Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was Hope Reformed Church back in in the day. That was where when we moved here to Lincoln because my dad became the my dad became the pastor there, and so we were just two years fresh having moved to Lincoln at this point, a little over over two years, um, and and the first thing. At the beginning, they had all of the kids get their chance, if they wanted to, to play. They did preludes, essentially, where if you're a kid and you're taking piano lessons, if you're a kid and you're playing trumpet at school, if you're a kid, you know, you always learn one song. There's that one song that is your big performance. That is the prelude to the Christmas program. And so if it's the the song your school band was playing, you go out and you play that. If mm-hmm. the, it's the one Christmas thing. And so it's always a huge moment. And so you bring up the kids one after the other, all of them who, who play an instrument. I don't know if we did singing too. I think it was just instruments. You bring them one after the other. So it's always, it was always a big deal. Like, oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do for the Christmas program this year? What's your song going to be? All of those things. Like for me, I played piano and trumpet, so I had to decide which of those that I was going to do. I had just, which of those were you better at? Um, not not taking this video into it, but ultimately <laughs> as you improve. I mean, in the end, yes. in the end, I was better than trumpet. I could like I could pick up a trumpet now. I think I could pick up a trumpet now and do more with it than I could with a piano. That sounds like I know what I'm doing. Okay. Now, now after it's all over, I only lasted in piano lessons. My mom gave me piano lessons. Sorry, mom. Um, I think I only lasted like three years in that. Mm. Um, and I played trumpet all the way up to my sophomore year of high school, I think. Maybe my junior year it's of high nice school. It's nice to know that this didn't so, deter you from greatness. I mean, it kind of did, but it definitely <laughs> didn't set me on a, on the right path. But I, I, went, I went, I did have a few more years that were a little bit more successful. But my best friend and I, his name is Kurt. And uh, he was he was my best friend growing up. He ended up being the best man at my wedding. He lives in Omaha. Uh, our, our our sons are friends in college right now. We t- I talk all the time. I texted with him yesterday. Not about this, uh, but he also played trumpet. He went to a different school. He went to Hill Elementary School, uh, Ruth Hill, and and we decided we were going to do ours our prelude together. Okay, we were gonna both we were gonna both do it together. And so we, we would we would play a song together, and we would do Silent Night, and get this, we were going to do it in two-part harmony, okay? So this was going to blow, we were like, this is going to blow people's minds. They're not used to harmony, a duet in this type of situation. They're listening to, used, used to some kid coming up and plunking up one, one finger on the piano, right? <laughs> Jingle bells, right? That sort of thing. So we are psyched. So night, night of the performance comes. 
I'm super excited. And got to make sure you get the uh, you got to make sure that you get your your trumpets tuned together. Okay, that if you're playing a duet, it's got to be tuned to the piano. It's got to be tuned to the other trumpet. Um, and so we were doing that. And my tuning slide. If you never play the trumpet, it's got a, you can pull it a little parts of it in and out, kind of like you would a trombone. And that's how you tune it. You make by you make the tubes just a little bit longer or not. And mine was mine was sticking. I was having a hard time getting it right to the spot where it needed to be. And so I had a little, like, um, I don't even know what the product is called. I don't know a better word for it than lube. <laughs> but uh, Valve oil. Well, it wasn't it, it's, valve oil. It's what we had for trombone. Yeah, we had valve oil. So, so it, it's that. It's I, I had valve version. oil for the buttons, but it was like oh. slide oil. It, it okay. would have been like slide oil. Okay. So, so the same thing. So I, I went a little heavy on the, on the oil, a little heavy on the lube uh, when I did that. To the point that, I, it, I, so I got it set. I thought it was good, but you'll hear what was happening is I didn't have the greatest posture when I was playing, and my trumpet was kind of aiming down toward the ground instead of it should have been parallel with the ground if you have good posture, and gravity started taking its toll based on my very <laughs> lubed up tuning slide, and you can hear that happening in addition to some play that maybe wasn't as good as I would hoped it would be. And what resulted was one of the most legendary people to this day who were in that room in 1989 still talk about this because it was so uncomfortable in that church because people wanted to laugh so badly, but they did not want to hurt the feelings of these 12-year-olds. And thank goodness, my uncle, my uncle Doug, who's probably listening this morning, it, he... uh he he had his camcorder, massive camcorder at the time, <laughs> on his shoulder, recording the entire thing. It has since been uploaded to YouTube. All you have to do is Google "Silent Night Fail" at any time, and I believe it's the first thing that comes up. It's right there, and not even just on YouTube on Google. It's the first thing that comes up. So, without any further ado, put the pets away. Here you go. It's a Christmas tradition, unlike any other. The "Silent Night Fail" from 1989. about that video is about five seconds in. Yeah, you can it's on YouTube. The YouTube with video, so you can see us actually doing it. About five seconds in, you hear the camera click. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh man. It's what did someone have the sound on on their iPhone while they did that? No (laughs) digital cameras. Uh, so, so there it is. Um, if you didn't get enough of it, like I said, it's available for free to all on YouTube to relive. Just blocks from here, history was made. It's now got like 12,000 views on YouTube. It too, does have 12,000 views. Over the years. After, 
after all of that. The, but the comments are phenomenal. Oh, there's. I've never looked at the comments. I don't think. Really, I'm kind of scared. Uh, from 11 years ago. Ah, uh, I think we've all been there. I hope they keep working at it, guys. Believe me, it ain't an easy instrument. <laughs> well, from I mean, 11 we, years. I don't know that we worked. I don't know that we worked on it that. Like I said, I th- I don't know how long Kurt played. I, he might not have played as long as I did. I think I'm probably better than him now. Uh, not a fail. They finished the piece and did their best. Actually, if they had adjusted their tuning slides, they would have received a standing ovation. <laughs> Again, wasn't the problem that we didn't adjust it. It's that we adjusted them with too much lube. And that was just from two years ago, by the way. Oh, okay, that's good. Uh, three years ago, they said it's almost like the one in Bad Santa. <laughs> 12, I don't even know what that is. I've Twelve years ago, this is what I imagined Silent Night would sound like if it were sung by donkeys. <laughs> by the way, do you have? did you... Uh, am I wearing a... I'm trying to remember. I couldn't see if you were playing. Am I wearing like a turtleneck under a cardigan sweater there? Is that what my outfit is? Yeah, that looks like what it is. Yeah. Classic 1989. Looking nice, fresh. Classic 1989. <laughs> so there you go. That is, uh, yeah, we'll be coming up on the, seriously, We're next year we're going to be on the 35th anniversary of that thing. Ooh, what do you do to celebrate 35 years? I don't that? know. I've, I've always talked about having... Having my buddy Kurt back in and have, I don't think I've ever had him on the show, but to actually talk about it, maybe, and bring back my Uncle Doug, who recorded the thing, who got it on tape, they would probably both come in. We could have like a full oral history of this moment and do that, but. Uh, someone also left a comment in German three years ago. <laughs> Still in Nacht. Uh, it says, and I did the Google Translate. Oh, okay, yeah. Google Translate says, at least phrase and breathe together. <laughs> I love people are going back and like they're trying to like <laughs> trying to help trying you to, get better. Trying to go back and fix it now. This thing that was thirty four years ago. Wow, this is so bad. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. It was it was very bad. It was very bad. Like if I were myself now, if I were and that was someone else's kid, like my current self, and that was someone else's kid doing that. I would. You'd have been laughing. I would have had such a hard time. Like kudos to everyone who was in that church that for just day. keeping it together. For just keeping it together. I do not know how you did that because I would have been. I would have made eye contact with, you know, with someone who always thought it was funny, and I would be just doing everything I could. That's the worst when, when you're like, I can keep this in, but if you make eye contact with someone else, yes. also trying to keep yes. it in. So I again that that's a special those are the special heroes of that entire incident. Seconds. Seconds everywhere. <sighs> All right. So there you go. We did it. Check mark or a box checked for the uh, most important tradition in uh, tradition in LNK today with Jack Now you friends. can put the Christmas, Christmas. tree up. Now, now you can, now it's now the you season. can start. Yes. Now we can do it all. <laughs> 724. Let's take a break. It's LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is the Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it is time to count them down. So, without any further ado, let's do exactly that. Number five. NCAA's Volleyball Final Four set features three number one seeds and a defending national champion. That's uh, 26-4 Texas, the lone number two seed, which actually beat top-seeded Stanford late Saturday night. Uh, Huskers-Panthers, first match Thursday night, 6 p.m., and it'll be telecast on ESPN. So you don't have to pay for extra streaming service. Yeah, nor you can always listen here. So but that's yeah, that's a whole right. lot better option. <laughs> Caleb, what yeah. do you think of the whole? We talked already a decent about a, a, about Nebraska, and you know, Arkansas was game at the at the very beginning. Nebraska, mm-hmm. though, obviously came through, won the match. Um, wasn't perfect, but I mean, all the teams are good here at this point. What do you think about the field in the Final Four itself? So you end up getting well, it, pit, it, yeah. Getting Pitt, and then you got Wisconsin, obviously, but then you got Texas knocking off Stanford, which to me was the biggest surprise of, of that group. Yeah, and you had, in order to even get to where Nebraska's playing Pitt, Pitt was very close to getting eliminated, and Nebraska would have been playing Danny Busboom, Kelly, and Louisville because they were up two sets to none. Pitt had to come all the way back, win the third, fourth, and fifth. So you, you've seen a team get down with their backs against the wall where if they lost one more set, their season was done. Yeah, right. uh, they they had to fight all the way back. Wisconsin had to go through Penn State and avenge a loss on their way back. Though they had Anna Smrek this time, they didn't have her when they lost that to the Nittany Lions. You know, Wisconsin's going to be tough. And when you had that Texas Stanford, that felt really up in the air. But Stanford was one of those teams. I think people were looking at was kind of in that very top tier just ahead of where Texas was. Texas still close, but they're the defending national champion, and they're playing really, really well right now. It, and honestly, it doesn't even matter if you're playing well. You just have to play well enough to get by, and we've seen Nebraska do both play well enough to get by and play really, really well in their path to the Final Four. I, it, it, you're going to get good teams here. There, there, there's nowhere where you're going, ah, I really like our draw. This feels good. It's nice to not play Wisconsin or Texas in that semifinal. You won't see them until potentially Sunday. But it's not like Pitt's going to be a walkover this Thursday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm looking at StubHub right now, Caleb. I pulled up before a full tournament pass. If you're just looking to get to the semifinals, just the the Thursday games, and then we're will you know try and get your tickets for the the championship later. The get in the door place is seventy two bucks per ticket. That's not awful. For a uh, national no. semifinal? No, I mean, and then there's several, 80, 81, 86, 90, 92, 93. Uh, now, these are all on the 300 level, but still. Yeah, as you're I, there. I learned going to the Devaney Center last week, I mentioned this, or uh, is that I think higher up is actually a little bit better in, in actually watching volleyball <laughs> than, than lower down mm-hmm. in the court. I mean, you don't want to be too far away, but yeah, so 
You, we did the uh, we did some of the math too for driving it. If if somebody wanted to actually try and try and drive the thing as well, the uh, mileage was uh, under fifteen hundred miles. Under fifteen hundred miles, about twenty twenty one twenty two hours. Yeah, would be the would be the time. So you left you left Wednesday, middle of the day maybe. Stopped halfway, and I don't know what halfway would be Tennessee, somewhere or something like yeah, that. Somewhere in Tennessee, Arkansas, Tennessee, St. Louis. I'm not sure. Uh, St. Louis wouldn't quite be halfway. Uh, you'd have more to go, and then and then get up early on Wednesday, get the rest of the way there, find yourself someplace to stay Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, then uh, then maybe two night, two days of driving back. It'd be long, but it'd be an experience. Man, another part of my life, another part of my life, I definitely would have done it. Yeah? Just because Tampa sounds so nice to be in. I really would love to be in Tampa right now. And this is just a once of a once in a lifetime experience too to go to something there like are, this. There are charter flights that you can take from uh, the airport here if you want. They're about 40 grand road trip. Okay, oh, that's all? Oh, I guess I won't drive then. Wow. That's a steal. No, Let I, me take I, the I don't I don't know exactly what it was. I did I, I did price uh, here several months ago round trip to uh, Sarasota, okay, and it was about forty-two thousand. I, I also looked up driving out of Kansas City and going, and it's not the prices aren't that much better from flights going through can like the Southwest direct ones are all picked over now, so you got to pay four hundred bucks basically to to do those. So it wasn't a great deal to to do that either. So think road tripping it, old style road trip all the way down to Tampa. I, would honestly, be the way I think it. that would be really really fun. Yeah, like I say, Wednesday. Partway Wednesday, partway Thursday. Get there before the game on Thursday. Hopefully they win. Why and don't what well, you know what? Why don't we just make plans? We'll leave right after the show Wednesday. We'll stay at my grandfather's outside of Nashville. Is that about well, halfway? Do we think it's close enough to halfway? We might have to push a little bit for the first day's. Driving. I'd leave. I'd leave tomorrow then. If you're only going to Nashville, because you've got to spend some time in Nashville then. Yeah, you get it. I mean, you actually hit a ton of good cities on the. I mean, you go through yeah. St. Louis, Nashville, Atlanta. Hey, we'll, we'll visit my old campus in Edwardsville on the way down. Absolutely. When we, when there we, we go, go by St. Louis. That'd be good. You know, we'll do the morning shows on the road. There you go. It'll it, be fine. It's Lincoln to Kansas City to St. Louis to. I don't quite know where you're hitting in the middle. Then to Nashville to Atlanta to. And then you get through all of Georgia. And uh, and you arrive at Tampa. Where's the KLINRV? Twenty-one hours, thirty-five minutes, one thousand four hundred fifty miles. That's fine. How much, how much in gas is that, Mark? Do you think? What's one thousand four hundred? Depends on it depends on what vehicle you take. Well, uh, let's just say I took a SUV. I took my uh, Toyota Highlander uh, what, Explorer. Probably tw- eighteen to twenty miles per gallon. So you're going to be fourteen hundred fifty. So you're going to be dealing so with close to a hundred gallons. A hun- about a hundred gallons of gas. Say three so three hundred bucks. Oh, four three fifty each way. Each three fifty. Yeah. All right. So we're talking about seven seven hundred bucks. But you can take four people as opposed to one. That's true. That's yeah. True now too. we're splitting it up. Yep. Now you. And then you got to factor in beef jerky. Beef jerky is really expensive, obviously. <laughs> Number four. State Board of Education member calling on LPS to stop requiring a high school course that he says provides more specifics about human sexuality than the district acknowledges. Socially conservative member of the board, Kirk Penner of Aurora, said he got complaints from parents about a guest speaker this fall from a local family planning clinic told students at Southwest how to get pregnancy tests, STD tests, condoms, lubricant, birth control, and morning after pills. And the parents were not 
notify. So in the examiner article, LPS responded and they said that the teacher did not follow proper procedures for seeking pre-approval of guest lecturers on uh, controversial topics, evidently. So that was the response. So, yeah, I mean, if you've got a, I mean, I guess if you've got a procedure that wasn't followed there, there's your problem. And I mean, that should be dealt with in the way that it would it would be normally normally dealt with here on this whole thing. So, yeah, I I, now I don't now the question is, I guess the question is if the if the guest speaker was sought out properly by the teacher and had this same message where was telling how you could do these things without getting parents involved, then would that have been would that have been a separate problem then? That's according, I guess that's the bigger question. According to some of the documentation that Aaron Sanderford with the examiner got, the uh, presenter had actually presented this uh, at a different time also within LPS at one point. We don't know exactly where or when, but that's part of the uh, story this morning. Um, and so so the the conversation one of the things that Penner said is he wants LPS to flip its policy allowance to parent allowing parents to opt their children out of the human behavior class and wants the district to require parents to opt their children into the class because he says there's the parents don't have enough ch- chance to understand what's discussed in day-to-day lessons giving specifics not generalities um, basically is is what he is so what he's saying with this whole thing so so there you go uh Culture war, school issues, sexuality issues, going with all of that. Um, you knew it was going to happen sooner or later. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, it has. It has yeah. plenty. It's been a, it's been a big issue here, uh, not only in, in Lincoln, in Nebraska, around the country, all of these players. By the way, the teacher is still employed, evidently, at Southwest. They did not. They declined to discuss whether there was any discipline that went along with yeah, this. Yeah, that would be a personnel well. matter. Um, and the union didn't want to say either thing anything either not surprisingly so there as you, did the presenter we did and, to come and lps by the way did investigate it after the fact so we, we just don't know exactly what action was taken correct afterwards number three south central nebraska got a little uh shooken, uh, shaken up yesterday u.s uh, geological survey says a uh, earthquake hit around 1 30 yesterday afternoon near guide rock 4.2 on the uh, Richter scale. Tremors felt all the way up to just south of Hastings. It was wow. about four miles deep, according to... Wow, them. Nebraska really is turning into California. Nah. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> 4.2. Okay, I don't... I, that, I do not... That is one thing. Have you ever experienced an earthquake, Mark? Not that I re- remember. Not that no. you were aware of <laughs> at the time. Um, I just... It, it's just some something that I've... I've never had at all, but this is ha- this happens occasionally in in Nebraska. Obviously, not usually major ones, but I wonder how much you could even you could even feel it in those situations. Well, they said rattled some dishes in some parts. You know, that's kind of what they've okay. heard. so in the in the four point two category because there there are several different magnitudes on the scale. There from two point five to five point four, there are about half a million of those estimated to take place every year. Jeez. In the world? In the Or just in, in near or just in near world. Hastings. Yeah, it, yes, near near Hastings. <laughs> yeah. Specifically Guide Rock. Um 
it, once you start to go in, for those, you can typically feel them, especially when you're getting towards the upper end of that scale, like a 4.2. You're in the middle to upper end. They're felt. They only cause minor damage. 5.5 five to 6.0. Slight damage to buildings and other structures. 6.1 to 6.9. Now that you're going to see uh, major damage in populated areas. 7 and above. Now you're starting to see some really serious damage. And then if it's 8 and above, that's uh, things are starting to really fall apart. The only thing I'm not surprised about this is that it wasn't, you know, 80 miles to the 80 miles to the east and centered in Thayer County. Because, <laughs> <laughs> or, or I don't know if that number is right exactly, but this seems like a this seems like the exact thing that would happen to Thayer Just County, who typical gets the, wor- the worst of every single possible thing. When it comes to actually, Kansas has had more earthquakes in the past four or five years than, oh, really? than they've had in a long time. So, yeah, I don't know how, how I don't know how much I'd freak out if I was really in the middle of a. You know, a lot of people. It's interesting because people move to Nebraska from other parts of the country that don't have near the severe thunderstorm, tornado stuff. Like they're really freaked out about that stuff when they come here. I always find that fascinating. I kind of, I mean, listen, I don't want to get swept away by a tornado either, but I don't. It does not stress me on a regular basis living here. There's some people that really, really think about that, and I guess you eventually just get acclimated, and maybe if you're from California, probably get acclimated to some of the earthquakes that happen regularly in a way that I probably am not. So uh, we're all tough about something, I guess. <laughs> Number two. This one might be a kind of a earthquake-worthy, uh, a key Nebraska quarterback target is now in the transfer portal, but also coming to a campus visit and a teammate also for a campus visit. Yeah, you're, you're starting to see, and it's it's Kyle McCord as a quarterback from Ohio State, and also they're wide out. And I'm Julian for, Fleming. Yeah, Julian Fleming. So there's the potential that you get a uh, you get a two for one tandem coming in, where your one going out, by the way, is Ted Carter to uh, go right. to Ohio State, but. I mean, there are a lot of signs pointing to this really happening for Nebraska. Going to be in for a visit. A lot of folks believe if you get someone on campus at Nebraska, that kind of seals the deal. Yeah, I mean, man, if you would have told me this uh, the the Sunday after Black Friday and after Ohio State and Michigan <laughs> played, and I know Ohio State lost that game, and I know you know McCord had some critique this year from Ohio State fans, but. If you would have told me this is Nebraska's got a shot at not only one but both of these guys, I mean, I mean that was the best wide receiver room in America last uh-huh. year. Yeah, and and Fleming didn't quite have the numbers this year that he did last year, but he's a definitely a bona fide wide receiver. It would be Caleb. I just I'll just say if if they would pull this off, do you remember the mood I was in on the Monday after Black Friday when we came back about Nebraska football and needing a break and would be all of to these things. I will have snapped out of that a lot faster than I expected to. Wow. Get a little transfer portal That's rumbling. All I get need is get a little... Nebraska ball winning some games. And, and then watch McCord, watch McCord and uh, Fleming get here, and their first meeting is with Ted Carter, and all of a sudden they say, we're keeping him here, too. We've convinced him. I'm not leaving. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not. We've told him. We're like, Columbus is actually a really crummy place to live. You don't want to go there, Ted. Change your mind right now. And then everything is back to... That who knew that these guys were going to come uh, in? Uh, Chris Kaborik's going <laughs> to usher Carter out anyway. <laughs> yeah, all right, maybe, maybe. All right, let's finish this thing up. Number one. Do you live in a blue zone? 
By the way, uh, I, I, I think do, you might be. I do the not. The way you're being happy East, all of a sudden. East Lincoln is not a, a blue zone. No. Longevity guru Dan Beitner uh, has researched the happiest people in the world. Found eight consistent habits and the longest living people. He calls them blue zones. Um, how, are you, so how are you staying he, happy? He, he came out with eight things that are consistent habits of these people. Let's real quick go through these. I know we're short on time, but let's go through these and see how many of them we are all doing here. Sleep at least eight hours. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. All right. Number one. Number two, eat a plant-based breakfast. Nope. Nope. Socialize. Okay. Well, yeah, sort of. Kind yeah. of. Sure. Volunteer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys. Five. Nap. Yes. I wish, yes. Wish we, I wish I nap more. Yeah. Work part-time. Of course. No. Well, kind of. Uh, Work all the time. Seven. Have faith. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Limit TV and social media. No. Number eight. No. no. All right. <laughs> We're about 30% happy, it looks like. <laughs> All right, it's 7.56. Uh, I'm going to take a nap now. You're listening to The Morning Drive, brought to you by Stonebridge and Wealth Management here on KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. I start walking your way, you start walking mine. We meet in the middle, meet that old Georgia pine. We gain a lot of ground, cause we Eight eleven. Oh my gosh, I am going down a monster. I'm going down a monster rabbit hole. I should not be, but I am. I'm calculating the cost. I don't, this is just. It's not going to happen. It can't happen. It's not going to happen. But I am constantly. I'm like con, uh, calculating the most budget friendly way to get down to Tampa Bay for the weekend. To Tampa for the weekend mm-hmm. to watch some volleyball because I want to see some palm trees. Each each calculation I do, Caleb, makes it look more doable. That's all I'm going to say. More and more affordable. And maybe Tim Arusa wants to join us on on the uh, road trip if we make it work. Uh, Tim, what do you think? Can you do a combined 42 hours in a car with me? Uh, I'm certain that we would have a lot of fun. Um, (laughs) But I have a very important Christmas cantata this weekend. Oh, of course. We cannot miss. 
So the old I'm Christmas cantata. Yep. Volleyball. I, w- I would love to drive. Here's the thing, Jack, and I. It's been years since I've done a huge road trip. Dude. But when I was in college, I drove straight through to Vegas. Me in the front seat of a car with a bunch of people in the back, but no, nonstop, man. You could. This can be done. How many hours is that? You just Lincoln to Vegas. Uh, like. 17 or 18, something like okay, that. Okay, and this is 21 one way, so this is in that neighborhood. So you can you can absolutely, we stopped for only gas. We did it. It was an incredibly long time. You, you know what I you just, know, you, oh, no, no go ahead. And you got multiple drivers. You yeah. do shift. You, yeah. Yeah. you can do this pretty cheap, too, and hop in a minivan, throw a cooler in the back. You got your food and beverage and... This Airbnb I found uh, will sleep seven people. It's also beachfront. Three-minute three, three walk to the beach. Okay, that might not be technically beachfront. Three-minute walk. It's 100 bucks a night. Okay? Cool. I, I could get get-in prices for the semifinals for about 100 bucks. Okay, both semifinal games. And so then you might you might wait and see what happens for the final and try and get some good deals on that. I realized, Caleb, what I did not. So I ca- here's how I calculated it. Gas based on 25 miles an hour, miles per gallon, which I would assume my car, my Highlander gets not great, um, at 318 per gallon, which is the national average. Mm-hmm. That's about $400 in gas, gas round trip. We overestimated that when we were doing it. I used a calculator. Tickets for the semis, 100 each. Beachfront Airbnb, four nights. Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Heck, stay there Sunday night too. Four nights. That's four hundred bucks total. So you divide that up. You're splitting that with your. Uh, you're splitting that with everybody. That's less than three hundred a piece for all your friends. Now, what I didn't do is build in uh, staying somewhere on the way up and the way back. So we might have to do a Haruza thing and drive straight through to do. That's this. fine. You don't need. You don't need to stop. You're a, you're all adults who can drive. Twenty one hours. Like you run the shift, man. It is. It is totally doable. Yeah, we're adults that can totally. drive. We're also adults who want to see things. Yeah, we can stop in Nashville. I mean, we have a night in Nashville. I'll find an Airbnb in Nashville. We'll go hit some country bars. No, we'll stay with my grandfather. We're just fine. Oh, okay. There you go. That's free. All right. I assume. I mean, have, yeah. That, there's, there's an interesting one. You have the power of social media in 2023. Why are you not couch surfing your way across the country? All right, man. There's got to be some There's got to be some nice Lincolnites that have a, you know, Summer or winter home down in Florida. That's right? true too. I just started. Hey, yeah, listen, we got Chicken a, Rich says his kid goes to school in Tampa. I got. I, There's also, a spot. There you go. <laughs> I, no, I want the. I want my. I, I'm non-negotiating my Airbnb. That beachfront Airbnb that I found. I linked it beachfront on my tweet. Property. It's beautiful. It looks nice. It's got like a nautic decor, which I really enjoy. Uh, right there. It's in Madera Beach, Florida, which is close to Tampa. Very close to Tampa. So. Um, Anyway, if if anybody wants to uh, help us work this out, please do. Let's just say let's just say that the only thing, Jack, at this point that is an absolute cost has to cost something is the fuel, right? Like you're at the point where you could do this for five hundred bucks, and that well, and tickets. We got Caleb. If Caleb's coming, he can get a media pass, right? There's no reason you can't sleep in the car. It's a working trip. Do it the college way, right? That's Uh, true too. It doesn't even have to cost a thousand dollars. We need to live a little in our forties or thirties, wherever <laughs> wherever we are. Sorry, I didn't mean to generalize. Whoa, didn't mean to generalize everyone's age. Jeez, I know. midlife midlife crisis situation here. Early thirties. Right. Oh, all right, all right. I'm I'm not getting myself less less excited about this here. So you can right. sponsor it, Jack. Find a sponsor. That's actually a good idea too. 
Facebook Live this thing the what? entire trip. We got put get a, a put a dash cam in. Put a dash cam in the car. We got lots it. of clients who have cars that they want people to use and know more about. It's a great point. And, then, mm-hmm. and stream the entire trip. Okay. All right. Yeah, you heard. You heard Tim. Local business. What? You heard it. You got like two and a half days to get this thing lined up, and some. I mean, somebody's willing to co- to cover this thing for that those marketing rights. It's a good point. It's a good point. I want. I just want to see some palm trees and some volleyball. That's all. That's all. <laughs> like any good American. <laughs> Uh, so, all right, we'll keep we'll keep working on that in the uh, in in the background. Uh, okay, hey, couple a couple of things I did want to talk to you about. Uh, I gotta pull up this pull up this poll. Um, I forgot to talk about this on Friday, and I I meant to. And, and Caleb, I sent this to you too, didn't I? Uh, as something that we could talk about on the show. Did you see this? I don't remember um, seeing this. I did, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, so this is a Newsweek headline, December. Uh, this was last week, December 5th, so it's a little old now, but I didn't hear too many people talking about it. Newsweek headline, shock poll gives challenger lead in state. Donald Trump won by 19 points. Ah, there it is. An independent Senate candidate in Nebraska, a state former president, Trump won by 19 points in 2020, is polling ahead of the state's Republican incumbent, according to a new poll. Dan Osborne is the head of Senator Fisher, 40% to 38%, according to Change Research. Uh, 53% of poll respondents were Republican, 33 Democrat, 14% were independent, while 53 of them said they voted for Trump in 2020 and 35% for Joe Biden. My question for you is, with that information that I just gave you, is this something? Oh, boy. I have not had a chance to dig into the who ran this. Poll, change right? so research. Change, change research. Let's, I mean, let's, let's Google them. Is, that name is very, uh, yeah, you're Googling it. I don't, I don't know anything about who conducted the poll. I do find it, it obviously got national coverage last week. Um, Newsweek led with it. A number of others picked it up. So, like. It's not being not reported, but I sure take it with a grain of salt. I got a lot of questions about this one, Jack. I got, I have no, like, how how do you ask that question that says that, a, that an independent is beating a multiple times elected Republican in a statewide race in the state of Nebraska? So I don't, I have a lot of questions about it. I saw the headline last week, looked at it quickly, and have not dug into the numbers. It seems seems really outstanding to me. So. Um. <laughs> yeah. They also. Yeah, a, she's like a. She is a lion of Nebraska politics at this point. You know, served in the legislature as. <laughs> right. She know. beat. She beat Stenberg, and she beat and she beat Bob Carey. Remember, people forget she beat Bob Carey on this thing. Maybe I, maybe things are changing. I don't know. About the only way that those numbers can be at all accurate is if the question is literally. A, a person who's been elected, you know, who's you have to ask the question in a leading way. Because I can tell you this, Jack, and I don't mean any disrespect to her opponent, I couldn't name his name. Even now, I can't think of Osborne. his name, right? Like, so it's literally, if you're polling people, it's got to be a no-name candidate versus a multiple-time elected incumbent. They're not, they're not polling Deb Fisher versus whoever the guy the Osborne, right? You're not, yeah, Osborne. I don't know, it's got to be a characteristic type poll that's just not because I couldn't tell you his name. I don't think any. I 
I don't know. For, and for, I'm tied into politics, and I can never come up with a name if people ask who's telling that's a That's probably a problem they should be concerned about. Um, uh, <laughs> by the way, five, five for what it's worth, 538 gives change research as a polling group, also known as Embold Research, a B-. minus. They have pollster rankings. So I've never heard of pollster rankings. That's interesting. Too. Yeah, I'm telling you all kinds of stuff you've never heard of. I'm curious as to whether they released like the questions they asked, right? Because you always have this question about push polling and leading questions and um, those sorts of things. So I, I'm interested in digging into the questions that they asked. But that is that is shocking that you'd have an in multiple time incumbent that would kind of lose to an, a non no party challenger. So. Yeah, I, again, I can't see it just, and here's a tweet from Polling USA. Osborne, 40, Fisher, 38, change research, November 16, 2023. The N, the number was 1,048. So, but we, uh, but I don't know a whole lot about that either, what was, exactly was asked, but 4038, maybe we got something interesting coming. Maybe not. By the way, I guess, speaking of which, we still, we still need a challenger in the other side. I mean, we need any Democrat running. We may not need it, but normally you would have uh, a Democrat running for one of these Senate seats, I would think, declared pretty soon, right? Yeah. We have a, uh, uh, I thought, isn't the Democrat, I mean, in, at least in this race, the Democratic Party's looking at that at, independent uh, candidate rather than running a Well, yeah, Democrat. they're looking at just running. It's one less that they have to do. They might just get behind Osborne. <laughs> but still, there's two Senate races this year also. People forget. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, we've talked on this before about whether there'll be a Republican challenger in that primary, and yeah. I still have yet have yet to hear any update or any more discussion about it. That you know, more than speculation. So who knows whether anybody jumps in? But I don't know. Maybe we're not going to get. We may have an, an independent versus a Republican there um, in the Fisher race, and maybe you won't have a Democrat on the other side of the ticket or on the other race. It's weird to have two Senate seats on the ballot, Jack. Like, my mind is still just well, not wrapped around that. Honestly, if they're, I mean, if the Democrats really just want to unseat and have someone other than a Republican, it would probably be the smarter, if this polling is anywhere, you know, anywhere near accurate, the smartest thing would be not to have one in, to be honest, at this point. But, um, and it's it's uh, easier, too, if you don't have candidates. But, yeah, I just realized that we still don't have any, still don't have any news on on. The other Senate seat, I guess, on the House seat here that we're in right now, on all of those things, and we are about to flip the calendar to 2024. And heck, they're going to be they're going to be doing uh, they're going to be doing caucuses in Iowa in a few weeks. We're here, right? <laughs> right? Can you believe it? We're here, man. It's going to be presidential crazy. caucus heading down. Oh man, Nikki Haley's making a run at it nowadays. Her stock is rising. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Here we go. All right, is everyone ready? Is everyone ready for Liz Cheney, Nikki Haley, twenty twenty four? You're. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I don't think so. I, no, I think the answer no. to that question, Jack, is no. We're not correct. Ready. Okay. I'm not ready for any of it. I don't. I don't think. Hey, there's been a little bit of news about uh, the state legislatures. You know, kind of uh, doing some prep, doing a retreat for the upcoming session. I guess the, the stuff that you've been hearing coming out of that. I guess in in particular how it's going to pertain to some of the rules discussions that you've had at the beginning of the year and ones that went throughout the year last year as well. you have kind of any sense, and I'm not necessarily talking about legislation, but just some of these procedural things uh, and and how they're going to go down over the course of the first few weeks of the legislative session? Well, there's no, there's really no question that there will be a conversation about it, and there's going to be some competing proposals, Jack. Um, the speaker 
outlined, I think. So annually, um, and I don't, I don't think it's been a forever thing either, but at least for the last decade or ish, I, is my understanding, the legislature does a retreat where they start talking about the upcoming session. They get presentations from their staff and from people who are working on things about the legislature. Um, they get updates on what's going on, sort of the business of the legislature. And they, they did it last week, uh, met for a day and a half here in Lincoln. Um, and there's going to be co- competing rules changes, right? So you have some outlines for what the speaker's proposing. I think he presented that to his colleagues, and I still have not heard the details, but I'm sure it'll start to get talked about more this week, um, about how to deal with sort of the filibuster issues and um, how to deal with some of the debate pieces. And, and I think the speaker and the clerk are also looking maybe a little bit more specifically about how the, the operational legislature, right? So how, how do we hire staff, right? Right now, senators hire their own staff, really up to them. Committee chairs hire their staff. They get their legal counsels and their committee clerks. And there's a there's a piece from um, Chris Dunker this morning that sort of dives into where where staff is located, kind of who hires and fires them, right? Who trains them and whose responsibility that is, and some of the workings of the legislature and how it affects it. From a rule standpoint, the speaker will have some changes that him and the clerk have worked on. Um, Senator Erdman, who is the chair of the Rules Committee and a pretty conservative Republican, has his version of the rules that would look a lot, take a harder line at some of this filibuster stuff. Um, and I, I think we're going to have a debate over it. I think the real question is how the speaker will handle timing of that debate on the floor. Um, if there's a filibuster over the rules, will there be kind of 25 votes to do that? Um, will there be a time limit on the amount of time we spend on the rules? We talked about it before, Jack, but the last time we had a rules fight was and kind of the two leaders of it were former Senator Tyson Larson versus former Senator Adam Warfeld, Republican versus Democrat. And I think they went, I don't know, 30 days or something uh, debating rules and never never touched a bill uh, for that period. They were debating every morning on the rules with with no hope of getting the substance of bills. So who knows whether we're going to see a kind of a reprise of that fight um, about the filibuster or whether somebody will lock down votes before then or, or what, but yeah. we are going to have to have a discussion on the rules. Oh, There's I bet we will. Momentum to do it. So. I bet we will. And uh, we'll have plenty of that to talk about here about a month from now. Not too long. A few more visits, Tim, with you pre-legislative session. In fact, I think we'll get Christmas and New Year's off. So actually think about it now. We'll have one more visit before the legislative session on a Monday morning. Day yeah. Tip. That's yeah. Then we're wow, going. Wow. Where we're going. No more talk. No more sitting. January third, man. It, it yep. is the earliest constitutional day that the legislature can start. Oh well, uh, good. First win, first Wednesday after the first month. Yep. Right? People, people have been waiting for it. So here All we right. go. Won't be long. <laughs> good to talk to you, Tim. I'll let you know what the plans are for the trip. If you can get that cantata thing figured out. All right. Uh, see you, Jack. Have, have fun in Florida. Yeah, right. I'm excited to hear about the palm trees. Uh, I'll send you day. pictures. Postcard, maybe. All right, there you go. Tim Maruza. Say 27. Sports is next. KLIN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. 
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it's 838. Continuing, uh, every single segment here, that uh, in between segments that I've been in here with Caleb, I've done a little bit more work on planning this fictional trip to Tampa that I'm definitely not actually taking. It's but. a good thing we're only one segment from the end of the show, because I think you're about three segments away from actually I booking just, everything. I just texted my wife the itinerary, <laughs> the, the fantasy itinerary that I've made, the price that I figured out. Where you could do it with four people, but uh, you know about about four hundred, four hundred each. Prior, that's prior to food, beverage, tickets to the title game. You get to the semis, not the title. See, that's Still, start, that's starting to price things out once you start getting to food and actually going to food. the match. The, but the, the, that's just the championship match. That includes right. tickets to the semi. And plus, here's what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen. Either Wisconsin or Texas is going to lose, and some of their sad fans aren't going to want to go to the and game. Pitt. And Pitt. But a sp- I really want to buy mine off a sad Wisconsin or Texas fan. I don't care about Pitt. I want to say to a Texas <laughs> fan, and then I want to lowball them, and then, and then actually use some negotiating skills and do that. So, it, yeah, it, the, the idea lives on. If nothing else has an idea, but it lives on okay. at this point. Mike Schaefer joining us now from Husker 24-7. Mike, you seem like you're a, you're a big road trip guy probably at some point. What was your most, well, you've driven all over the place covering games. What's your most like memorable, extensive, crazy road trip that, you've, that you can recall taking, whether it's work or personal for fun? To, like on uh, the road, yeah. To, okay, so like to, to go to a sports event or just like Anything. a vacation? Just like a, a, a like quasi im impulsive, like driving a long ways, that sort of thing where you're piecing it together like I am right now? Well, a friend and I in 2016 or so decided to go to Iceland and drove the whole country, like their <laughs> one highway. Okay. It goes in a big circle. I remember so that. Drove, I remember we, that. We drove all of Iceland, so I think that counts. I once did like a baseball trip in 2018 where I hit, uh, you know, four or five different cities and went to games and all of those. Uh, and and drove that, so that was like Detroit, Cleveland, Cincinnati. I think I was supposed to hit Pittsburgh, but Cleveland was hosting the uh, the NBA Finals that night, and traffic was really bad to like oh get gosh. out of town, and so it was going to take twice as long to get to Pittsburgh, and I was going to miss like the first part of the game, so it just didn't make any sense. Thanks, to me. LeBron. Yeah, so I ended up sticking around, um, and then I thought about going to the NBA Finals game. But the cheapest ticket I could get was still like 150 bucks, and I didn't care. I really didn't care who won. Okay. Just, I didn't. I didn't want to spend that. So I end up like just watching it in a random sports bar in downtown Cleveland, and it's a game where like LeBron goes off and he's single-handedly keeping the Cavs in it against the Warriors, and then Kevin Durant hits this absolute dagger of a three-pointer. I remember, yeah. And it's just like watching. It's, there's, you know, do you regret not do, do you regret not shelling out the 150 and going? No, uh, because of this alone. 
you know, in the sports bar watching about 200 people collectively have their heart ripped out at the same exact time while you're just there like, hey, I'm just having a good time. I'm, you know, like, I didn't care who won. Like, random people would come up and talk to you and find out that you're just a, you're just randomly there and would buy you a drink. Like, that, that was my experience with it. And then just watching them all get crushed at the same time. I think that's not having any emotional attachment to it just felt like a sociological, you know, event for me. I think what you experience in that moment is why so many people follow me on social media. They just <laughs> <laughs> they enjoy being a spectator of an emotional breakdown every weekend. But yeah. not but not last weekend, Mike. Not yeah, well, last no. weekend. My, my volleyball in the basket all came through for me. All, you write all the, the, the date down. I mean, you know, when you when you have to talk about what you're thankful for next time, you can just be like, "Well, December 10th or whatever it was." <laughs> next yesterday. Thanksgiving, I'm gonna yep. I'm gonna take you back about about uh, eleven months and two weeks to uh, to December of 2023. That's what I'm thankful for was uh, was victories of all of the sports that I was concerned about. No, it was it, it, it was a good weekend. Ice Cube that does it was a good day. Are yeah. you just like blaring that? Constantly? That's true. The only thing I needed is to get back from that basketball game last night after it was all over. Open up my tweet and see a Mike Schaefer tweet confirming that Julian Fleming and Kyle McCord have decided to forego their trip and have just confirmed on the spot that they're coming to Nebraska. That well, would have that done didn't it. Happen. Uh, no, it, it did not. But I will tell you this, and I'm I'm curious about your input on the whole thing. Like, I'm. It, it's already kind of interesting to watch the reaction to the potential of this happening. Obviously, there's been a lot of reports that they're at least considering coming to Nebraska, the the Ohio State quarterback and and wide receiver. Like, I just take myself back. Like, if you had told me on the Saturday while I'm watching that Ohio State-Michigan game a couple of weeks ago, not that long ago, be like, hey, that quarterback, that receiver, right, even though they're going to lose this game eventually, they're both going to be at Nebraska next year. And again, I'm not I'm not counting anything as a done deal until it actually happens. But, like, I would have lost my mind at that moment. And, and like, like, I feel like we've already sort of normalized discussion, and, and I get it. Everybody's got drawbacks or things you can raise about anyone. But if they would actually... Mike, if they would actually pull this off, would this not be a huge, incredible coup that to the point that like I, I it's not something this is not the pool I thought Nebraska would be playing in in the transfer portal. How about what do you think? Yeah, I mean I think you you covered it really well there. I mean, for me, I watched the same game, watched Kyle McCord, didn't have any thought in my mind that there's a potential that he could end up at Nebraska. Uh and then once last week starts to play out the way that it did and you kind of hear what you hear, and then you sort of look around at it, and it's like, okay, who else is after Kyle McCord? Well, this team added a quarterback. That team added a quarterback. You're just not hearing these other names. And it starts to seem like, okay, you know, Nebraska might really be in a good spot here, which they are. And then your brain kind of starts to, like, put together what this is big picture. And to me, and this is getting really far out in front, but to me, if you end up with a Kyle McCord, and he has, you know, a reasonable amount of success. Like, let's say he comes to Nebraska, he plays well enough. And here's the key. I think a move like this for Kyle McCord is an opportunity to, like, prove that you can be a late-round pick in the NFL. You know, you go to a program like Nebraska, you have success. You're playing for a coach in that rule that coached in the NFL. Like, I think his ultimate goal is to try to catch on as a late-round pick in the NFL. Mm-hmm. If Nebraska can help make that happen, suddenly – 
you get a reputation in a transfer portal as like one of these places where it's smart for a quarterback to go. So like big picture, if this all comes together, the way Nebraska is setting themselves up for future years in the portal fascinates me too. But yeah, I had no, I, I fully expected Nebraska to be kind of sitting out on this first wave of quarterbacks or maybe trying to find a guy from the mountain West or the Mac to come in and compete against what they already have against maybe a younger uh, yep. transfer portal guy that hasn't played a lot. Like I just, this is not the route that I thought it was going to go. Like, yeah. They're they're a good visit away from adding a, a quarterback that went eleven and one last year. I know he didn't do it by himself, but there is a world of difference between Casey Thompson, Jeff Sims, and Kyle McCord yes. in terms of on field. Well success. said, well and said. I think that's important to acknowledge. That's that's what's yeah. I guess I just remembered. I had you on last week, and you were you were like, hey, you know, you might want to wait till January. You might want to wait and look at the FCS portal. So I guess things have changed in your mind over the course of a week too, quite a bit. Well, yeah. The way Nebraska went about this, I thought, was really fascinating, too. I mean, I didn't think that we would see a literal, uh, you know, C-to-C-type effort to find a quarterback right now. And instead, you have Marcus Satterfield kind of just going all over the country, having these meetings. And then you walk away from it. And for me, of the five quarterbacks they met with, McCord ended up being the one that I thought made the most sense for what Nebraska is, what they could get out of him, how he could help the program. So, I mean, it, it also just feels like, they were able to kind of go through this process and then determine at least someone that they felt like was a good fit. And now they're really close to potentially closing this thing out. I mean, I can't, I can't state enough that it's not done, but at the same time, you have to feel pretty good usually in a transfer portal thing when you're getting a visit from a guy who has really no reason to just take visits. I mean, that's the thing about the transfer portal. The only guys that you see really take a lot of visits either weren't that big of recruits in high school, uh, didn't get an opportunity because of COVID to take a lot of visits, uh, or things of that nature. The older guys, they tend to know what they want to do. It tends to be more about the NIL, and it tends to happen relatively quickly. So I think by the middle of the week or you know, by the end of this week, I think we're going to have a really good indication of what 2024 could look like for Nebraska. Yeah, and I guess I, what what you, you think of the timeline here, I mean, like, it's finals week right now at the end of the first semester. I know because I have a student at the University of Nebraska. And then break starts, and then, you know, a few weeks later, you get into January. It seems to get later and later, but second semester starts. Like, that's when you've got to that's when this decision has to be, and you've got to do everything in between now and then. So this isn't like going to be a, a protracted, huge, long thing like you got sometimes when you're covering high school recruiting, right? This no, is, this it's got to happen pretty intense. quickly. The, the best way I can describe covering this from, a, from the journalism side is it feels like a really extended trade deadline. Like I feel like a lot of my phone calls aren't to get these big, long stories. It's just to confirm information that so-and-so has talked to so-and-so and there's legitimate interest in it. You know, and so it's like from a from a perspective of covering it, the transfer portal and the regular recruiting could not be more different. Yeah, like it's just a it's just a totally different you know monster, and so it, it's going to go relatively quick. And here's the thing: I mean, Nebraska is just attached to some really interesting names. So we talked a lot about Kyle McCord. Well, Julian Fleming was a former five star wide receiver who, you know, people might look at his numbers at Ohio State and be like, well, it's a little underwhelming. But then you think about it like this. Here's a list of every first-round pick that he's played alongside. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith, Najigba, mm-hmm. Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is not a normal, you know, this is a normal Crazy. situation. 
Yeah. And then I think there's another guy in Ohio State that could ultimately end up being a first-round pick. So he's looking for a chance to go somewhere and prove that he can be a number one or a number two guy. I mean, I think Nebraska and Penn State are, are very much neck and neck in this one. Uh, and I, I feel like Nebraska's got a really good shot here. But it's going to come down to he's a Pennsylvania guy that's going back to Penn State and playing. You know, Penn State has more cachet than Nebraska right now in the football world, too. Sure. So they're going to have to point out and prove uh, as they host him this week that it, it makes sense for him to come here and kind of be the leader of a group of really interesting wide receivers. And why I would love to have Julian Fleming if I was Nebraska. He's been around that much talent. And you uh, have yeah. to think that if his personality is such where it can just kind of you know, be a veteran, be a leader in a room. Because I think that's one of the things you're looking for. You've got to like what that means for Malachi Coleman and Jalen Lloyd and Demetrius oh. Bell and Jaden Goss. So Absolutely. Julian Fleming is a sneaky, really important piece of all of this. Plus, you'd love the idea of taking a quarterback and a wide receiver who already have a little bit of chemistry together, and then they can kind of bring that together into Nebraska's offense. So he's a big, he's a big piece. And then there's this one. I know that you'll be excited about it, too. Prince Will Uman, Uman Mielin's brother, yeah. Princely Uman Mielin, is in the portal. He's a teammate of Chief Borders uh, down there in Florida. Matt Rule recruited him heavily when he went to Florida initially, but Rule ended up going to Carolina instead of staying at, staying at Baylor, mm-hmm. which changed a little bit of the outlook of that recruitment. And then, you know, the family just loves uh, Nebraska as well. So that is a guy in Princely Umami Ellen that is an NFL defensive end that people thought were going to the draft when he went into the portal. And he is available. Nebraska is very much in the picture there. And you want to talk about adding a piece that you didn't necessarily have to have but could really help your defense. That would be a big one, too, to get another edge guy in, in Princely Uman Mielin. So that's another name to watch this week, too. Jeez. Your uh, 24-7 site has him as the number seven, higher than Fleming, higher than higher than a lot of guys that you've heard of. Number seven yep. overall. Oh, higher than Will Howard, higher than Riley Leonard. The number seven overall transfer in the entire na- nation right now. I mean, he's that good as a player. Like, I don't, I don't know that um, people are familiar with it. And it's not like Florida was great, but this is a guy that's probably – you know, a day two NFL draft pick potentially. Mm-hmm. And so if he's he's in the portal and you can add that to your pass rush, like that's, uh, that's a pretty big piece to just throw into a defense for a year or two. And if you, wanna, if you want some context for why this could all come together, it could be a Darian Daniels type situation where he gets a year to play and he wants to go with play his with his younger brother. He came and, up from uh, Oklahoma State. That's right, yeah. Right. Wow. So, you know, we, Darian Daniels is one of those kind of unsung guys as part of the Frost era. I know, yeah. obviously, they didn't win enough games, but he was a really important part in stabilizing that defense, and he helped get Damian Daniels to the point where Nebraska's defense was pretty good in 2021. So the effect that Princely Umami Allen could have on his brother, the other guys around him, makes him, I think, a really valuable piece, too. Julian Fleming was a number one, 24-7, yep. the number one wide receiver in the nation. Yep. <laughs> Ahead incredibly. of Jackson Smith, instead ahead of Smith and Jigba and Marvin yep. Mims and some other guys who were in the NFL. Yeah. Incredibly talented. He has had quite a few injuries that have come yeah. along in his career that have slowed things down as well. But there's no question the talent that Nebraska is looking at would be better than what they have in the room. I think that was a big statement that Matt Rule kind of made. Like, if they're going to go get a guy for one year, they yeah. want it to be a seismic jump. Well, that's what Princely. Kyle McCord and, and Julian Fleming Man. will all be. Oh, wow. 
All right. I can't let myself get too excited. Can't do it. Can't do it. Because the fall is always hard if it doesn't happen. But let's talk real quick about one other thing. What in the heck, What did you see from Nebraska basketball last night that you didn't see the pre- previous two games um, to, to get that win against Michigan State when things seemed pretty low coming into that game? Well, they played a full 40 minutes, so we'll start there. I mean, they didn't do that against Minnesota. They certainly didn't do that against Creighton. And so I think that's a big part of it. And I think that Michigan State in retro, retro, or, you know, looking back at it now, reflectively, Michigan State, pretty good matchup for a team in Nebraska that, you know, Rick Mast is not. I was pretty disappointed in how he played against Creighton, how he played against Minnesota, and their big kind of bodied him up, took him out. Michigan State couldn't really do that, and Rick Mast just kind of dominated. And so I'm I'm very curious what he's going to look like night in, night out conference play. He's going to be kind of a key part of all of this. I mean, you you like to see that Tominaga found his shot a little bit. Uh, you like to see Bryce Williams bounce back after a bizarre second half against uh, Minnesota. I mean, that three pointer that he hit was yeah. was fantastic. The yeah. Stephen Bardo commentary that went along with it was as bizarre as everything else that he said. <laughs> I've got to go listen game. to this. I, I didn't heard it. I was uh, there. He said that he channeled his dead father while he made that <laughs> oh my three pointer. Okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting. So. Um, you know, channeled the spirits of, of his dad. So that was uh, that was Stephen Bardo. But yeah, I mean, Nebraska, they they came out and they, they answered at least one key question, which was, are you going to show up? And they got to do it again against Kansas State. If they can backdoor this 2-2 two and two that we all kind of talked about, that yeah. would be great for them if they could get. You'd feel a lot better, but the beginning of that week still exists. And the fact that they let Minnesota off the hook and then still won this Michigan State game uh, has a way of making you mad, too, when you think about it that way. I'll, I'll finish on this. Imagine the meme where two things are shaking hands in the middle. Nebraska football, Nebraska basketball, regretting a loss to Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, That's... Uh, when, it's, when it's always the first game of conference play, yep. it somehow seems to bite you in the butt. Regretting a conference opener against Minnesota, even more specific. Hey, good to yep. talk to you, Mike. That was actually enjoyable. Not that it usually isn't, but just emotionally it was in a different way. Uh, well, normally you're laying on the couch and I'm billing ex- you after the Exactly. Second, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one, all right? Yeah, have a great time in Tampa. <laughs> Thanks, Mike Schaefer, Husker 24-7. Take a break, wrap it up for this song, KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, that is it for the show. Who is our uh, who's our lights, Christmas lights winner? Gryffindor Steph. Gryffindor Steph will be on the bus. Another two seats taken. Another chance for you to get a couple of seats tomorrow. Listen for that keyword. Could be anytime from 6 to 9 during the show. It's Tuesday, so Joe Jordan. John Baylor scheduled to join us as well. Everything else you've come to expect from your Tuesday morning. We and I'm sure I'll still be Bill be living the fantasy that I'm actually going to do. You have already booked trip. all this. Just stop. We'll see. <laughs> it is nine o'clock on KLI and Lincoln.